Book eight, chapter five of History of the Reformation in the Sixteenth Century, Volume two, by Jean Henri Mel d'Aubigne, translated by Henry Beveridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter five. Meinrad of Hohenzollern, a German monk, about the middle of the ninth century, wandering on till he came between the lakes of Zurich and Wallstetten, had stopped upon a hill resting on an amphitheatre of firs, and there built a cell. Banditty imbrued their hands in the blood of the saint. The bloody cell was long deserted, but towards the end of the tenth century a convent and a church in honour of the Virgin were erected on the sacred spot. On the eve of the day of consecration, when the bishop of Constance and his priests were at prayers in the church, a celestial chant, proceeding from invisible voices, suddenly echoed through the chapel. They prostrated themselves and listened in amazement. The next day, when the bishop was going to consecrate the chapel, a voice repeated thrice, Stop, brother, stop! God himself has consecrated it. It was said that Christ in person had blessed it during the night, that the chant which they had heard proceeded from angels, apostles, and saints, and that the Virgin, standing upon the altar, had blazed forth like a flash of lightning. A bull of Pope Leo VII forbade the faithful to question the truth of this legend. Thenceforward an immense crowd of pilgrims ceased not to repair to Our Lady of the Eremites to the consecration of angels. Delphi and Ephesus in ancient, and Loretto in modern times, alone have equalled the fame of Einsiedlen. It was in this strange place that, in 1516, Ulrich Zwinglius was called as priest and preacher. Zwinglius hesitated not. Neither ambition nor avarice takes me there, said he, but the intrigues of the French. Higher motives determined him. On the one hand, having more solitude, more calmness, and a less extensive parish, he could devote more time to study and meditation. On the other hand, this place of pilgrimage would give him facilities for spreading the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the remotest countries. The friends of evangelical preaching at Glaris expressed deep grief. "'What worse could happen to Glaris?' said Peter Schudi, one of the most distinguished citizens of the canton, than to be deprived of so great a man. His parishioners, finding him immovable, resolved to leave him the title of pastor of Glaris, with part of the benefice, and the means of returning when he chose. Conrad of Rechberg, a gentleman of ancient family, grave, candid, intrepid, and occasionally somewhat rude, was one of the most celebrated sportsmen of the district to which Zwinglius was removed. He had established on one of his farms a manege in which he reared a breed of horses which became celebrated in Italy. Such was the abbot of Our Lady of the Eremites. Rechberg was equally averse to the pretensions of Rome and the discussions of theologians. One day, during a visitation of the order, some observations were made to him. I am master here, not you, said he, somewhat rudely. Get along. One day at a table when Leo Judah was discussing some difficult point with the administrator of the convent, the hunting abbot exclaimed, 
you there leave your disputes to me i exclaim with david have pity on me o god according to thy goodness and enter not into judgments with thy servant i have no need to know any more baron theobald of geroldsek was administrator of the monastery he was of a meek spirit sincerely pious and had a great love of literature his favourite design was to form a society of well-informed men in his convent and it was for this reason he had given a call to zwinglius eager for instruction and reading he begged his new friend to direct him read the holy scriptures replies zwinglius and that you may better understand them study jerome however added he the time will come and by god's help it is not far off when christians will not set a high value either on jerome or any other doctor but only on the word of god the conduct of geroldsek gave an indication of his progress in the faith he allowed the nuns of a convent dependent on einsiedlin to read the bible in the vulgar tongue and some years after geroldsek came to live at zurich beside zwinglius and to die with him on the field of capel the charm which hung about zwinglius soon united him in tender friendship not only with geroldsek but also the chaplain zinc the excellent exlin and other inmates of the abbey these studious men far from the noise of party joined together in reading the scriptures the fathers of the church the masterpieces of antiquity and the writings of the restorers of letters this interesting society was often enlarged by friends from a distance among others capito one day arrived at einsiedlin the two old friends of baal walked together over the convent and the wild scenery in its neighbourhood absorbed in conversation examining the scriptures and seeking to know the divine will there was a point on which they were agreed and it was this the pope of rome must fall at this time capito was more courageous than he was at a later period repose leisure books friends all these zwinglius had in this tranquil retreat and he accordingly grew in understanding and in faith at this period may fifteen hundred and seventeen he commenced a work which was of great utility to him as in old time the kings of israel wrote the law of god with their own hand so zwinglius with his copied the epistles of st paul the only editions of the new testament then in existence were of large size and zwinglius wished to have one which he could carry about with him these epistles he learned by heart as he did afterwards the other books of the new and a part of the old testament thus his heart became always more attached to the sovereign authority of the word of god he was not satisfied with merely acknowledging this he was moreover desirous to bring his life into true subjection to it his views gradually became more decidedly christian the end for which he had been brought into this desert was accomplished it is no doubt true that zurich is the place where his whole soul became thoroughly pervaded with christian principle but even now at einsiedlen he made decided progress in the work of sanctification at glaris he had taken part in the amusements of the world 
at einsiedlen he was more anxious for a life unsullied by any taint of worldliness beginning to have a better idea of the great spiritual interests of the people he gradually learned what god designed to teach him providence had also other views in bringing him to einsiedlen here he obtained a nearer view of the superstitions and abuses which had invaded the church an image of the virgin which was carefully preserved in this monastery had it was said the power of working miracles above the gate of the abbey appeared this presumptuous inscription here is obtained a plenary remission of all sins a multitude of pilgrims flocked to einsiedlen from all parts of christendom to merit this grace by their pilgrimage the church the abbey and the whole valley were crowded with devout worshippers on the festivals of the virgin but it was especially at the grand festival of the consecration of the angels that the hermitage was crowded to overflowing thousands of individuals of both sexes climbed the acclivity of the hill leading to the oratory singing hymns and counting their beads these devout pilgrims crowded into the church thinking they were there nearer god than anywhere else the residence of zwinglius at einsiedlen was in regard to the exposure of papal abuses similar in effect to luther's visit to rome zwinglius's education for reformer was completed at einsiedlen god alone is the source of salvation and he is so everywhere these were the two truths which he learned at einsiedlen and they became fundamental articles in his creed the serious impression produced on his soul soon manifested itself externally struck with the many prevailing evils he resolved to oppose them boldly not hesitating between his conscience and his interest he stood up openly and in plain and energetic terms attacked the superstition of the surrounding crowds think not said he from the pulpit that god is in this temple more than in any other part of his creation whatever be the country in which you dwell god encompasses you and hears you as well as in our lady of einsiedlen can useless works long pilgrimages offerings images the invocation of the virgin or the saints obtain the grace of god what avails the multitude of words in which we embody our prayers what avails a glossy hood a head well shaven a long robe with its neat folds and mules caparisoned with gold god looks to the heart but our heart is alienated from god but zwinglius wished to do more than lift his voice against superstition he wished to satisfy that eager longing for reconciliation with god felt by many of the pilgrims who had flocked to the chapel of our lady of einsiedlen christ cried he like a john baptist in this new wilderness of judea christ who was once offered on the cross is the expiatory victim who even through eternity makes satisfaction for the sins of all believers thus zwinglius advanced the day when this bold sermon was heard in the most venerated sanctuary of switzerland the standard prepared against rome began to be more distinctly displayed on its mountain heights and there was so to speak a heaving of reform reaching even to their deepest foundations 
in fact universal astonishment seized the multitude on hearing the discourse of the eloquent priest some walked off in horror others hesitated between the faith of their fathers and the doctrine fitted to secure their peace while several came to jesus christ who was thus preached to them and finding rest to their souls took back the tapers which they had intended to present to the virgin a crowd of pilgrims returned to their homes announcing everywhere what they had heard at einsiedlen christ alone saves and saves everywhere bands astonished at what they heard stopped short without finishing their pilgrimage the worshippers of mary diminished from day to day their offerings formed almost the whole income of zwinglius and geroldsek but the intrepid witness of the truth felt happy to be impoverished in order that souls might be spiritually enriched during the feast of pentecost in the year fifteen hundred and eighteen among the numerous hearers of zwinglius was a learned man of meek temper and active charity named gaspard hedio doctor of theology at Bâle. zwinglius preached on the cure of the paralytic luke chapter five where our saviour declares the son of man hath power upon earth to forgive sins words well fitted to strike the crowd assembled in the church of the virgin the preacher roused enraptured and inflamed his audience especially the doctor from Bâle. a long time after hedio expressed his high admiration how beautiful said he this discourse how profound weighty complete penetrating and evangelical how much it reminds one of the energy of the ancient doctors from that moment hedio admired and loved zwinglius he would fain have gone to him and opened his heart he wandered around the abbey but durst not approach kept back as he expresses it by a superstitious timidity he again mounted his horse and slowly retired from our lady ever and again turning his head to the spot which contained so great a treasure and feeling in his heart the keenest regret thus zwinglius preached less forcibly no doubt than luther but with more moderation and not less success he did nothing precipitately and did not come so violently into collision with men's minds as the saxon reformer he expected everything from the power of truth he displayed the same wisdom in his relations with the heads of the church far from immediately declaring himself their enemy he long remained their friend they were exceedingly indulgent to him not only because of his learning and talents luther had the same claims to the regard of the bishops of mentz and brandenburg but especially because of his attachment to the pope's political party and the influence possessed by such a man as zwinglius in a republican state in fact several cantons disgusted with the service of the pope were disposed to break with him but the legates flattered themselves they might retain several of them by gaining zwinglius as they gained erasmus with pensions and honours at this time the legates ennius and pucci went frequently to einsiedlen where from its proximity to the democratic cantons it was more easy to carry on negotiations with them 
but zwinglius far from sacrificing the truth to the demands and offers of rome omitted no opportunity of defending the gospel the famous schinner who had then some disturbance in his diocese passed some time at einsiedlin the whole papacy said zwinglius one day rests on a bad foundation put your hand to the work remove errors and abuses or you will see the whole edifice crumble to pieces with fearful uproar he spoke with the same frankness to legate pucci four times did he return to the charge with the help of god said he to him i will continue to preach the gospel and this preaching will shake rome then he pointed out to him what was necessary to save the church pucci promised everything but did nothing zwinglius declared that he renounced the pension from the pope the legate entreated him to retain it and zwinglius who at that time had no thought of placing himself in open hostility to the head of the church consented for three years to receive it but think not added he that for the love of money i retrench a single syllable of the truth pucci alarmed made the reformer be appointed chaplain acolyte to the pope it was an avenue to new honours rome thought to frighten luther by sentences of condemnation and to win zwinglius by favours darting her excommunications at the one and displaying her gold and magnificence to the other she thus endeavoured by two different methods to attain the same end and silence the bold lips which dared in spite of the pope to proclaim the word of god in germany and switzerland the latter method was the more skilful but neither of them succeeded the enfranchised souls of the preachers of truth were equally inaccessible to menace and favour another swiss prelate hugo of landenberg bishop of constance at this time gave some hope to zwinglius he ordered a general visitation of the churches but landenberg a man of no character allowed himself to be led alternately by faber his vicar and by an abandoned female from whose sway he was unable to escape he occasionally appeared to honour the gospel and yet any one who preached it boldly was in his eyes only a disturber he was one of those men too common in the church who though loving truth better than error have more indulgence for error than for truth and often end by turning against those with whom they ought to make common cause zwinglius applied to him but in vain he was to have the same experience which luther had to be convinced that it was useless to invoke the heads of the church and that the only method of restoring christianity was to act as a faithful teacher of the word of god an opportunity of doing so soon occurred in august fifteen hundred and eighteen a franciscan monk was seen travelling on the heights of st gothard in those lofty passes which have been laboriously cut across the steep rocks separating switzerland from italy having come forth from an italian convent he was the bearer of papal indulgences which he was commissioned to sell to the good christians of the helvetic league brilliant success obtained under two preceding popes had signalized his exertions in this shameful traffic 
companions intended to puff off the merchandise which he was going to sell were accompanying him across mountains of snow and ice coeval with the world this avaricious band in appearance miserable enough and not unlike a band of adventurers roaming for plunder walked in silence amid the noise of the foaming torrents which give rise to the rhine the Reuss, the ar the rhone the ticino and other rivers meditating how they were to plunder the simple population of helvetia samson this was the franciscan's name and his company first arrived in uri and there commenced their traffic they had soon done with these poor peasants and passed into the canton of schwitz here zwinglius was and here the combat between these two servants of two very different masters was to take place i can pardon all sins said the italian monk the tetzel of switzerland heaven and hell are subject to my power and i sell the merits of jesus christ to whoever will purchase them by paying in cash for an indulgence zwinglius heard of these discourses and his zeal was inflamed he preached powerfully against them jesus christ the son of god said he thus speaks come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden and i will give you rest is it not then audacious folly and insensate temerity to say on the contrary purchase letters of indulgence run to rome give to the monks sacrifice to the priests if you do these things i will absolve you from your sins jesus christ is the only offering jesus christ is the only sacrifice jesus christ is the only way everybody at schwitz began to call samson rogue and cheat he took the road to zug and for this time the two champions failed to meet scarcely had samson left schwitz when a citizen of this canton named stapfer a man of distinguished talent and afterwards secretary of state was with his family reduced to great distress alas said he when applying in agony to zwinglius i know not how to satisfy my own hunger and the hunger of my poor children zwinglius knew to give where rome knew to take he was as ready to practise good works as to combat those who taught that they were the means of obtaining salvation he daily gave liberally to stapfer it is god said he anxious not to take any glory to himself it is god who begets charity in the believer and gives him at once the thought the resolution and the work itself whatever good a righteous man does it is god who does it by his own power stapfer remained attached to him through life and four years after when he had become secretary of state and felt once of a higher kind he turned towards zwinglius and said to him with noble candour since you provided for my temporal wants how much more may i now expect from you wherewith to appease the hunger of my soul the friends of zwinglius increased not only at glaris baal and schwitz did he find men of like spirit with himself in uri there was the secretary of state schmidt at zug colin muller and werner steiner his old companions in arms at marignan at lucerne xylotect and kirchmeier wittenbach at bern 
and many others in many other places but the curate of einsidlen had no more devoted friend than oswald myconius oswald had quitted Baal in fifteen sixteen to take charge of the cathedral school at zurich in this town there were no learned men and no schools of learning oswald laboured along with some well-disposed individuals among others eutinger notary to the pope to raise the zurich population out of ignorance and initiate them in ancient literature at the same time he defended the immutable truth of the holy scriptures and declared that if the pope or emperor gave commands contrary to the gospel obedience was due to god alone who is above both emperor and pope end of book 8 chapter 5